Well, good evening, y'all. And happy Lord's Day. Thank you. <clears throat> Guys, have you ever had somebody ask you um, what you're hungry for? <laughs> we get that question all the time, right? We're going out to eat. Well, what do you want to eat? What you hungry for? Um, you know, actually, I love it. I'm a very routine kind of a guy, right? If I go into a Mexican restaurant and someone says, what do you want to eat? You can have a whole list full. I'm just going to say three soft tacos. Right? I'm real simple. If, uh, if you go out to eat with a family and they send you a, a menu from Polite's, and I'm not going to open the thing. I'm just going to say, I want a cheeseburger plain. You know? um, just really, really simple, right? We always ask that question. We're always concerned, especially as Cajuns, about food. What do you want to eat? Right? We can even be eating lunch and still think about what you want to eat for supper. <laughs> right? We're always concerned about food. And you know what the cool thing is? God is too. Jesus is very concerned about food in today's gospel. He wants to share a meal with people. The first reading talks about eating, um, but the gospel is what I want to get into. We're going to jump into the gospel reading. Now, there's a whole lot in this gospel. It would take over an hour just to enter into all the different symbolisms in it, right? And what it's actually pointing forward to, right? Because this is a major miracle in the life of Jesus. You've got to realize they were out preaching. Jesus was healing people. He just finished preaching about the kingdom of heaven and all these different parables. And then Jesus goes and just kind of wants to go away. You ever have those kind of days where it's like, I'm just exhausted and I just want to go by myself. And that's where Jesus was at today. He was just tired. And so he wants to get away. But he can't. As the crowds see where Jesus is going, they go and they follow him. And it says, Jesus saw the vast amounts of people, and his heart was moved with pity for them. That word pity is also another word interchangeable for mercy. His heart was moved with mercy, right? The vast amount of crowds. How many people exactly are we talking about? Well, it's the miracle of the 5,000. But the end of that reading, it says, there were 5,000 men besides women and children. So let's just assume that every man had a wife. That's 10,000 people. Every man and wife probably had at least one kid, probably two or more. So you're looking at at least 15,000 people had to be fed. This is massive. And then Jesus breaks the fragments of the, the loaves and he gives it to the apostles. Can you imagine how long it took for the 12 apostles to distribute bread and fish to 15,000 people, right? Imagine if we're given communion and we've got to give communion to 15,000 people and there's only 12 priests to do it, how many communion songs would you have to play, right? How many times do you think people would just get up and walk out like, Pooh, I got my bread, I'm gone, right? What's happening right here in the gospel is deeply, deeply Eucharistic. And I'm going to show you why. Jesus is pointing towards the Eucharist with this miracle. So he sees the crowd and he says, has pity on them. And someone says, this is a lonely place. And the day is now over. Tell them to go to the town and get some food for themselves. I'm drawn to that, the lonely place. Isn't that where Jesus usually meets us? In the loneliness? The deserted place? Right? We, can, we know what that's like over the past few months. Many people were separated from friends and from loved ones and from family. You couldn't go see them. And it was a very lonely feeling, wasn't it? I know it was for me. 
It's a lonely feeling. And that's exactly where Jesus wants to come and meet us. His heart wants to be moved with pity, mercy for us right there. And He wants to create probably the biggest miracle right there in the midst of the lonely place within our own hearts. So He sees it. It's a lonely place. And said, go, go get them some food themselves. And Jesus says, there's no need to go away. Don't send people away. Give them something to eat yourselves. He's telling that to the apostles. Give them food yourselves. Why? Because one day the apostles are going to be priests. And the apostles are going to give the food of the Holy Eucharist that is going to be the super abundant food to give people spiritual nourishment when we feel the loneliness in that lonely place. And so they say, could you imagine looking at Jesus going, what are you talking about? First of all, we don't have any food. The only food we have is five loaves and two fish, and there's 15,000 people? What do you want to do here, Jesus? And Jesus is like, he rolls up his sleeves. He's like, I got this. All right? Just watch. And Jesus takes it. Listen, listen, how close. Listen. This should sound very familiar, Catholics. Jesus looks up to heaven. He blessed the bread. He broke it and gave it. Does that sound familiar? What's going to happen on the night of the Last Supper? What's going to happen right here in the Holy Eucharist? He takes bread, blesses it, breaks it, and gives it. See, this is pointing forward to the Eucharist where Jesus is going to give us His body and His blood and He's going to, he's going to give it over and over and over and over again in every Mass that's going to ever come about in the history of the rest of the world. Deeply, deeply Eucharistic. And who gives it to them? The priest. The priest give this wonder bread that just got multiplied to feed 15,000 people. Right? So I think it's really important that we see this. Right? Because I think in our world today, we've got to ask that question, are you hungry? Right? Many of you are here. Why are you here? It's not mandatory to come to church right now. The obligation is still not placed upon us to come back to Mass. Why are you here? Because you're hungry. Because you want to receive Jesus in the Eucharist. I hear it all the time. People tell me all the time, Father, I want to go back to Mass. I'm ready to go back to Mass. Maybe this is your first time back to Mass since COVID hit in March. If it is, welcome home. I pray that the Lord will feed you abundantly in this Holy Eucharist. Right? I think this is what we're dealing with in our world. Many times in our world today, we're in a very lonely place. And people have, we don't have to go to Mass anymore. So what do we do? Well, we, we watch it on TV, which is okay. It got us through a tough time. Absolutely it did. It fed you spiritually in a way that you were not able to get into the church to receive Jesus. And in that, I heard over and over, Father, I'm hungry. I want to go back to Mass. And so the churches have opened, and we have limited space and all those sorts of things, and you sit here, and you've still got masks on, and that's okay, you're here. And the people who are watching it on TV, you're still watching it on TV, and you're still hungry for Jesus. And sometimes, somebody told me the other day, they were like, Father, I've used the COVID excuse for too long now. I need to get back in church. I was like, well, then get back in. Because I think that's what happened. We became comfortable, didn't we? 
And you, you're like, no, my life is disordered. My family's disordered. We're watching Mass on TV in our pajamas and coffee. Something's wrong with this. Right? What happened was that, and I'm kind of going off on tangent, what happened is that the Lord's Day almost became just like another day. And we forgot the sacredness of the Lord's Day. You see, when we get the Lord's Day out of whack, the rest of our week is out of whack. That's just the way it works. I'll never forget my sister telling me in South Carolina, she was like, we get up every Sunday morning and we have Mass in our living room, right? Because on TV. So we have Mass at the same time we would have gone to church. 10 o'clock every Sunday morning, her family's in the living room. And she said, we're dressed up as if we were going to church. I was like, that's awesome. And for them, it was just because they needed to feel that sense of sacredness. They were doing the best they could in the circumstances that were there. And I think so many of us did that. So many of you did that. Like, it was incredible to hear your stories of how you kept the Lord's Day holy. But the yearning inside of your heart was so much so that you're like, Father, I'm hungry. I can't wait to get back. Why? Because you missed the Eucharist, that's why. If you recall, shortly before COVID hit, there was a survey that was released called the Pew Study. And in that study, they studied the practicing Catholic, the Catholics in the pews that were there every single Sunday. And it was staggering, if you remember this, they said 70% of practicing Catholics do not believe that Jesus is present in the Eucharist. 70%. It feels weird to say that in Catholic Thibodeau, right? But think of the rest of the United States. 70%. That's before COVID hit. And so there is a great, great tragedy that we're facing in parishes around the United States. Is if those 70 didn't believe before COVID hit and now they've had the convenience of going into their homes, maybe watching on TV, maybe not. Are they coming back? You're back. You're not part of that 70%. You're back. You're hungry. But I'm worried about that 70% that didn't believe in Jesus in the Holy Eucharist in the beginning before all this tragedy hit and our world went bonkers. And I'm, I'm praying to God. I'm like, God, how are you going to bring them back? And that's what the Lord said to me. He said, you know what? When they're hungry enough, they're going to come home. When their soul is yearning and longing for Jesus in the Eucharist, they're going to come back. And when they do, what a wonderful day of celebration that's going to be. Because we have to realize that there's nothing that's out there that can separate us from the yearning inside of our hearts for Jesus. There's something built inside of us because of baptism that always cries out, Abba, Father, I want to be with you. I want to receive you. I want to be in your presence. And there's nothing that can ever happen to us that will ever separate us from God's love. Nothing. That's what, that's what Romans says today. Listen real close. It says, For what can separate us from the love of God? For I am convinced, Paul says, that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things in the present, nor things in the future that may come, nor powers, 
nor heights, nor depths, nor face masks, nor social distancing. Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Nothing at all. No anxiety, Paul says, nothing in the future can separate me from God's love. No sin that I've committed can separate me from God's love. No matter how deep it was, no matter what I did, God still loves me. The, the problem is, how much do I love him back? That's where the issue comes, right? But God, no matter what, loves. Why? Because that's who he is. That's what John tells us. God is love. He's not something like love. He's not a feeling of love. God is beyond feelings. He is, in his essence, love. And nothing can separate us from that. Ever. Ever. He's hungry for us, you could say. And the prayer for us is, am I hungry for Him? You're here. People are coming back. It's beautiful. Why? Because you're hungry. You've experienced this love. You've experienced God in the depths of the loneliness, in the deserted places in our lives. And God wants to come there and meet us right there. He wants to satisfy our hunger and our thirst. That's what He says to us in the Scriptures. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. For yours is the kingdom of God. Right? And so this is where we stand today. In the most unique time, in the most unique circumstances that the church has ever seen. Ever. In the history, 2,000 years of the church's foundation has never seen this moment and this time. And I firmly believe that in these moments and these times will be the greatest saints that will rise up in the church. It's not just my words. St. Louis de Montfort thought the same thing. He said in the later times, the latter days, Louis de Montfort says, in those days that are to come, the greatest saints will arise. I personally believe we're in those times. And I'm seeing people who are very courageous, standing up for the truths of the gospel, standing up for the sanctity of human life, standing up for the sacredness of the Holy Eucharist. In the midst of an era where churches are being burnt down and statues are being vandalized, people are willing to go out in front of those statues and begin praying, even if it means they get beat up. There was one priest that was praying in front of the statue of St. Louis that had been vandalized. What happened? Someone walked up to him and clocked him. Boom. Broke his eye socket and his jaw. People are willing to stand up today for the truth. It seems as though it's not happening, but I promise you it is. CNN just doesn't report it. So we got to realize today, today is a moment of grace. These days are moments of grace that you and I can stand up and realize that nothing's going to separate me from God's love and that I'm hungry for Him. And everything that happens to us, you're responding to His love. You're saying, Lord, I'm here. I want to receive you. I can't go on anymore. I'm like that crowd who's hunger and thirsty, and realize that the more he sees our hunger for him, the more his heart is moved with mercy. That's the way it works. And he will feed us. He will, here in the Holy Eucharist. And that food will give us the strength and the grace that we need to persevere for the rest of the week. Until next Sunday. Or if you want to come to a daily Mass, you can do that too now. Glory. So let us come today with joyful hearts.
thankful hearts that, that we're able to receive Him. Right? That our hearts are yearning and longing for Him in the Holy Eucharist. And so, receive Him. Let that Eucharist, that bread of the angels, transform our hearts and sustain us so we can go out and be the witnesses that He calls us to be. Amen?